0: Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for episode 47 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Digital Federal Credit Union, but they're better known to all of us by now. Come on, say it with me, DCU. And not only is DCU a great place to bank at, but they are also a great place to work at and they're hiring right now for full and part-time positions for several of their branch locations throughout Massachusetts and New Hampshire. And if you, a friend, or a family member is looking for a career change or to start a new career at a credit union, making a difference for their members and their employees, then visit dcu.org/careers. DCU is proud to be an equal employment opportunity and affirmative action employer. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by MistressCarrie.com where you can find every episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast. The full-length episodes every Wednesday, the situation reports that you get every weekday, the after-action reports when someone comes and hangs out with us on Cocktails in the War Room. And speaking of the War Room, every episode of Cocktails in the War Room is up there as well. All 128 of them plus the events calendar, my blog, my photo galleries, and of course the online Mistress Carrie store, which is where you can get the awesome new baby onesies just in time for Mother's Day. For all things Mistress Carrie, just log on to MistressCarrie.com. Okay, this week on the podcast, I had a chance to sit down and talk to Brandon from Atreyu. The band has their new album coming out on June 4th on Spine Farm Records called Baptize. I know I've met Brandon in the past, but it was really cool to sit down and get to know him on this week's episode. Of course, we had to talk about the writing of the album and how COVID influenced all of that, songwriting, going from being a drummer to a lead singer, lineup changes in the band... Guys like Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach and Travis Barker from Blink-182, touring, the fans, and so much more. It's a really fun interview with an absolutely rockin' corresponding playlist. So don't forget to check out the links in the show notes so you can check out the playlist as well. Allow me to introduce you to Brandon from Atreyu.
1: Atreyu.
2: the privilege of listening to Mr. Scary. Oh, God. Oh, yeah.
0: Brandon,
2: <laughs>
0: thanks for coming oh. on the podcast.
2: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Congratulations on everything that's going on with the Treyu in the middle of a pandemic. It's quite a feat to be able to try and function normally these days.
2: You know, the term normally is a different is a different uh, situation, but we're doing everything we can. You know, we feel we feel great about what's happening, and we're excited to finally be uh, kind of back, it, dipping our toes back in the water, so to speak.
0: The band has gone through a lot in the last couple of years, and you have had to make some serious adjustments. And this is before a global pandemic.
2: Yes, yes. So.
0: We- Talk to me about the transition for you. There, there's a pretty good track record of drummers that become lead singers.
2: There's some good positive notes there. There's some, yeah, there's some good positive examples. Uh, but, you know, it's for us, it was just a matter of uh, doing what we felt is most natural to us and what was going to be, uh, I guess, the least amount of shock to the system, to our fans, you know. And, Uh, introducing a new a new voice a new personality didn't seem like it was the answer uh luckily we had had last summer uh in or summer of 19 in europe where we played with the same lineup um, due to an injury that our old singer had uh, like last minute so we had to go to europe with like three days notice and teach our current drummer our whole set and had one rehearsal in london and like not in london uk and uh which played a bunch of festivals and so we kind of knew how it felt luckily it was like a weird like uh, test run that we didn't know was a test run uh, but you know now it, it feels comfortable it feels good and it just seems like it was the right the right move to make and the right direction to go and and so far people seem to be uh, happy with it as well
0: how was it for you how, like what is different for a, a somebody that grew up playing the drums and always had singing responsibilities but now to be the guy
2: it's uh it's like it's like letting a dog out of the cage (laughs) like it's like like I, I I'm a I'm like a kid man like I like to just run around and have fun and interact and and be in people's faces and like just like go for it so it's it's a cool opportunity to like be able to show that energy with this band you know because behind the drums I mean I'm jumping around, I'm standing on my drum, I'm doing as much as I can without going like full Lars and doing laps around the drum kit. But like, uh, it's it's fun for me to, to be able to just run around and do my thing. So uh, it's been a, a fun transition. Granted, we haven't played tons of shows, we've only done kind of our live stream events, but I'm excited to to get to that point.
0: How is it with another drummer in the band not trying to mentally play the drums and critique what they're doing back there? That's gotta be hard.
2: It is. And I think, luckily for me, again, like Kyle Rosa, our new drummer, was the drummer of my other band, Heller High Water. So he had to do that with me in the first place to like for me to start another band. And the point was like, you have to have a good guitar player, you have to have a good bass player, this and that. But you have to have a drummer that you're not going to worry about all the time or else this isn't going to be enjoyable for me. I'm just going to worry about the drums all the time because that's just what my brain is. And uh, he did that with ease with Heller High Water and, and really became his own his own kind of personality musically in the band. And uh, like the dude is an absolute killer. So it was no questions that he would be able to handle it. And again, him doing it in Europe, it was like, wow, you knocked it out of the park with one rehearsal. So uh, it's, it feels good. Like I, I don't have to worry about him. And we've had many discussions where it's like, you know, what do you want me to do? Like, what do I have to play exact? Like, I'm going to try, I want to do these things, songs justice. And I'm like, Figure out the, you know, let's let's get the freight the, the the structure down. And if there's certain parts you know seem are important, do those. But like be you, like you play drums now. I don't play drums anymore. So he's he's kind of taken it into his own hands. And and I, I'm a fan of his playing. So I think that it's it's translating well so far. I don't have anything to worry about.
0: <laughs> When's the last time you guys played a, a traditional rock show in a venue with a crowd?
2: It Was uh end of february early march uh, in australia so we we were in australia started hearing about covid and then it had hit like some asian countries europe and hit australia like the day or two before we left and like naive dumb americans were like Phew, glad we're going home before before we were this was here too long and then famous last words yeah yeah we're the we're the then we ended up being the friggin' like worst country in the world but uh yeah so we we were kind of getting down to the end of our cycle uh, anyways but it's, it's still been way too damn long since we played a show to people
0: were you guys working on baptize on that tour or is baptize completely a fruit of the lockdown
2: we started uh baptize in january so we went in for a few weeks in january and wrote and recorded like a lot of the album and then obviously went through our shifts and, and everything. And we went back, I believe it was in July and finished the record, wrote a handful of new songs, uh, finished recording everything. And uh, so it's kind of both, like we started it and then before, and then finished it kind of midway through. And that was a big thing too, is like even finishing the album, we started talking about going back in to finish the album in like May, but weren't comfortable with doing so yet it was like ah like we're gonna go back in a studio like our bass player lives in alabama we're in california like we don't know who everyone's seeing like, it's just a weird time so we finally kind of got to a point where we you know got it together and felt safe about how we were going to approach it and then finished you know but it's funny like i've said this before there's songs on the album that you'd be like yeah those dudes totally wrote this in the middle of the pandemic but you're like no we wrote that in january which is weird it's like there's this weird prophecy of like kind of vibe about the record where it's like, I don't know how we wrote, we, it's like the world was already in just like unraveling to an extent to write these songs. And then they just became way more relevant later. Unfortunately.
0: Were there songs that were affected by the separation and the lockdown and all of that, that maybe you thought the song was going to go one way in January. And then when you went back in later that summer, the songs changed.
2: I think that they kind of just, I mean, not a lot changes us as far as like the idea. I think just the feeling that they, they gave us, like our song save us, like gave us a very different feeling when a lot of like a lot of the horrible racial things were happening in our country and, and George Floyd and all that. it was just like, damn, like we, we wrote this song about just like the corruptness of, of our, of our country in general And the fact that like there's all these horrible Things happening and like we have to We're the only people that can change it Like internally you change and that ripples And and, and it then it was like Damn like this just got worse And became something more like If I had it my way I would have put out Save Us In like a year ago Just because it was like I think people Need this right now you know and, and even Warrior like it's a song about Finding your self worth And believing that you have self-worth and like what you know in, you have that inside of you to be something uh and like special and i think now a lot of people have lost that a lot of people lost their jobs lost their their marriages like things. their life fell apart in this last year and it's i, I lost people, mine
0: 29 I mean, years it, at at WAF and got laid off at the end of february when the station got sold
2: yeah it's crazy i mean you where do you go you figure out like the fuck do I do now? Yeah. I think, you know, warrior became an even more relevant song for us too. Like I know myself, like I was, I was, you know, trying to get myself into like lead singer ready positioning and like working out with a trainer and trying to figure out what the fuck to do with my life. Cause my main thing that I do is gone. And like, that song helped me. Like we wrote it and it helped me still. I would listen to it and be like, damn, like, okay, I'm connecting to my, that never happens. You kind of just listen to your own music and you're like, this is cool or whatever. I like it. Obviously I made it, but, you know, so I think that a lot of the songs that came out will be a lot more relevant than we even expected them to be.
0: It's been really interesting with the bands going back and forth about whether or not to release new music in the middle of this whole thing. Do we save it until we can tour? It sounds like saving it wasn't an option because of how well the songs fit with what was going on. Is, was that why you chose to put it out then?
2: Sort of. I mean, we obviously, I mean, even the record coming out in June and us starting to release music a few months ago, you know, we had talked about it and it wasn't right yet. And we finally kind of felt comfortable at the time, a time. And uh, someone brought our bass player, Porter brought this up, you know, in a meeting and we're sitting there talking about when's a good time, when's the right time. And, you know, I don't want to do things till touring's back and whatever. And he's like, guys, like as a band, we're, we're so like inspired and just like, fired up right now that he's like who cares if if we put the record out in june and tory doesn't come back till september october let's go fucking back in and make another fucking record who cares like we're inspired we can go do that tomorrow in the studio now and feel great and energetic about writing more new songs like this isn't our last album I, i can see if it was like oh this is the last album the band's ever gonna have or we're gonna do a farewell tour or whatever maybe then you gotta plan your stuff out but for a band who's got a lot of juice left in the tank like it's just time. Like, our, our fans want music and people need music. They're leaning on, on music still. And that's that one thing that's there for people right now. So, like, we can't deprive them of that. You know? So it's just, it seemed like the right thing to do.
0: I talked to um, Thrasher from Escape the Fate recently and he could not stop singing the praises of working with Travis Barker. Can you talk to me about what that experience was like for you?
2: That dude's just a legend, man. He's just, like, so good at, at everything he does. He's so good at drums. He's just, like gets the vibe of the studio. And I mean, first of all, like you you hit up Travis Barker to to plan a song. And like, I know he knows Atreyu. I know he knows who we are. I've met him a handful of times. Like we're we're in his universe. But at the same time, I don't know if he's gonna be like, yeah, or or be like, no, I don't want to play on your song. And he was like pumped. Like he had a great time doing it. And like Travis Barker's in the freaking live room playing drums, asking like, hey man, was that cool? Like, do you want me to do anything different? And I'm just like (laughs)
0: Well, as a drummer yourself, like, you know, what Thrasher and I were talking about is that you look at a guy like Travis Barker and he was born to play drums, his body. It it, just the way that he plays, he's supposed to be sitting back there doing that.
2: Yeah. And so for
0: you as a drummer, looking at him, like "Eh, that sounded pretty good.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Or or like, you know, I, I kind of like, you know, get the balls to be like, you know what, can you try another one, but do this instead? And I had this idea, maybe try this. And he's just like stoked. Like he's, he's there for the love of the craft. Like he loves making music. He loves playing drums. So there's no, like no ego that dude of all people can have all the ego in the damn world, but he's just like, I'm a fucking guy. I want to play this song's tight. What do you guys want me to do? Like, I, this is the part I think school is like, yeah, do that. And then let's do as many layers as you feel like, and let's play this drum over here and let's do that. And like, we're just open to ideas. Like it was a, a very, a very positive experience, which there's a lot of, a lot of dudes in bands that are a, a lot less successful than Travis Barker that would have probably given me a much worse time. Well, that's <laughs> what I was
0: going to say. It's always the guys that could be assholes that never are. Mm-hmm. And then it's always the ones prove. that, yeah, that haven't gotten to that point yet that are assholes. And you're like, who the fuck do you think you are?
2: Yeah, it's like, uh, get out of here. I don't, Never mind. I don't want you on the song <laughs> you know? but We've had, we've had ex- you know, positive experiences. We have another song on the, on the record that obviously, obviously not out yet, but Jacoby from Papa Roach sings on it. And like, that dude is a, bu- like, I keep, I've said this before, like, that dude's one of the only people I've ever come across where you can hear the energy he has as a human in his voice. Like, that's just him. The dude lit the track on fire and was just like, going off in the studio like it was his own and you're like dude you're a fucking legend like you don't have to be interested and he's a friend of ours so like it's like you're coming in and you're hanging with your homie and doing doing making some music but like he doesn't have to he doesn't have to care he can just come in and just know oh, what he does want to do cool yeah peace later but like you know it's always good to work with artists that are equally as excited and like in love with making music as you are it's a good
0: thing that you got him to do it before he jumped off that balcony
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> gosh, he's all over the place.
0: I mean all that's that's what happens when you get locked down by COVID for too long
2: yeah, you uh you you, you do some crazy things for sure i uh I've gone through not on pur- none of them on, pur- on purpose, but i've I've hurt myself a lot this year already <laughs> doing
0: what like a bizarre gardening accident? what's going on
2: I've had multiple freak accidents, uh, one of which was life-threatening. Uh, one of which was on less last Saturday, not life threatening, just painful. Was that but the I Was learned. that
0: the one that you were talking about with your ribs on Twitter?
2: Yes, I was trying to pull an umbrella out of my friend's pool, <laughs> and I stepped backwards, thinking it was ground, but it was just pool. <gasps> so I fell in the pool and on my ribs on the on the wall. It doesn't feel awesome, but I'm I'm fine. nowhere in comparison to in January. So in December, I got COVID at the end of December, I got COVID right, right before Christmas. So I spent my Christmas through my, my sliding glass door, like waving at my kids. Did you
0: get sick or did you just test positive?
2: I tested positive and then just, I, it was mild. I was very lucky, um, like flu symptoms, but just like bad flu symptoms. Um, so I'm, you know, happy about that. So I got tested negative, um, I have been sitting in my bedroom for two weeks. So to get out of my bedroom, my wife's dad has an Airbnb up on the coast, like right on the beach in like central California. So we're like, let's go to the beach house. Let's get out of here. I'm at the beach house for like two hours, not even. And I go downstairs to cook like some sausages on the grill. And I go to walk back upstairs and step over a baby gate. um, That's at the top of the stairs trip, fall on a glass and just destroy my arm. Like, (sighs) Like, like you could see the <laughs> scar on my arm.
0: Oh my god!
2: Yeah, and just they did a like, good look, job
0: with the scar and the tattoos.
2: I got one little wonky line. I can't complain. One little tiny wonky line, but yeah. I mean, rest of the hospital, emergency surgery, pinky still numb, the whole thing.
0: Which <laughs> is not a great thing to do in the middle of a global pandemic, as well. Whether you've had COVID or not, it's like yeah. your family can't be there with you. It's super scary.
2: Yeah, the I guess the I mean it was not lucky at all, but my daughter stepped on said glass as I broke it. Like, so she, she followed to the hospital too and got stitches. So right before I went into surgery, I could see my wife and my daughter, which was like comforting, but it was still like, get me out of the hospital.
1: So
0: you're still (sighs) having pinky numbness and stuff in your hand?
2: Yeah. I do like physical therapy a couple times a week and it's all coming back. It'll be fine, but it's still just an annoying, it just feels like my hands asleep all the time. Incredibly annoying. But.
0: Did you do anything outside of music that didn't try to kill you during lockdown?
2: Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> every everything I tried to do uh, at least hurt a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Even the first, the first, uh, like back in like March or April, I did like a live from my living room thing, where I did like um, reimagined versions of like a Trey songs and Hell or High Water songs, and had just like it was me in my living room with like projection. And the morning of, I woke up and couldn't sing. My voice was toast. So if you like, if I look back on the recording, like I'm like I'm squeaking like a freaking 13 year old boy, just like all over the place. But people are in the chat. And they're like, keep going, man. This is awesome. Like, thank you for doing this anyways. And people were appreciative, but it was like, man, <laughs> like give me, give me a break, guys.
0: So what was the what was the motivation then to get the crap kicked out of you in your new video? I mean, weren't you bloody enough from lockdown?
2: <laughs> so I did. The, we filmed the video before any of this stuff happened. Oh, okay. so you can imagine when my wife saw the first video for the first time. My wife and my mom were both like, "I don't, I don't
0: like this." You're video. covered in blood.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you got a bottle broken over
0: your head. This like is, it was, yeah. it was a total premonition.
2: Yeah, like this is PTSD for me. It's not good. Um, no, it's funny because I've had that video like concept for a while. Uh, and no one ever really wanted to do it because no one wants to like beat up their friends. And then finally, you know, the trade guys agreed to it and it kind of just made sense. Like, you know, it's like me getting jumped in, in a sense. And it's kind of all, it's, it's a little bit of like foreshadowing to like the kind of a little bit of like the shit storm that I'll, I am enduring with just like people that are mad about the band shift or whatever, but, uh, it's just kind of like taking my lumps and. And, like, earning my keep in this new position. But to me, it was just like, guys, so this video, you just beat the shit out of me. The <laughs> end. <laughs> I didn't think anywhere else further than that. But, you know, it turned out cool. It's different for us. It's, we've never done anything like it before. And it was hilarious and fun to shoot. Painful, but uh, fun nonetheless.
0: It's obviously one of those Hollywood sugar bottles. How many of those got broken over your head?
2: Um, about nine. But I will say those sugar bottles, they don't not hurt. And when that glass, the sugar shatters, it cuts you in these little tiny cuts. So my poor bald head that got like (laughs) nine of those things broken. I had like little baby cuts all over my head. And then there's a few shots. Like there's about three shots in the video where you're like, oh, like that punch landed. And those were like the three that were clear enough to to capture. There's a lot of kicks and every take we'd end. And it would be the four dudes rushing to me, like putting a hand on my back, like, you okay, you good? I'm so sorry. I I just
0: punched you in the face. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so
2: sorry. (laughs) But it was fun. Like it was, it was exhilarating and uh, fun to make. Our label hated hated
0: it. I'm sure they did. (laughs) And I know that a lot of you guys, I mean, you were kids when you, when you met. And you know, right now during lockdown, there are so many people picking up guitars, drums, trying to sing for the first time instrument sales are going through the roof how yeah. many amazing bands are going to be out there you know 10 15 years from now that got inspired by this what advice would you give to people that are just now getting into music as as teenagers or whatever because you guys are a fruit of of those teenage friendship bands
1: yeah i
2: think the people that are starting bands are getting out there and are going to be like maybe even playing shows for the first time once all this opens up. It's going to be cool for them because there's such a just like rabid energy from people that want to just go to shows and like see live music that I think they're going to get like a warm welcome, maybe like more warm and more open than, than new bands might usually get. Just people just want this. They want it back. And uh, I think it's cool. I think, I think the right way is to come out of a situation like like this last year plus, uh, better you know like for me it was like be better at saying be a better singer be a better writer be in better shape be healthier uh, you know be a better husband be a better dad like come out on top or else it's all for naught. it's like well then what did I do for the last if I wasn't working and I wasn't like you know doing my everyday life that I usually get to to do like what else did I do if I didn't come out on top so I feel like it's great. Like people that took that time. I mean, fuck, everyone can bake bread now. Right. So like, <laughs> like everyone bakes bread. And I've right.
0: been a zombie prepper, like one of those doomsday preppers for over a decade oh, so, now. So
2: you already had tons of toilet paper.
0: I had all that stuff, <laughs> but one of the things I always keep in the house is like those yeast packets, right? Uh-huh. And then all of yeah. a sudden you go to the store and you can't find yeast because everybody's got a bread maker all of a sudden. They're trying to make bread
2: at all. Everyone's baking bread. It was hilarious because early, like first three months of the pandemic, everyone everyone made bread and got fat and drank too much. And then the back half of them was like, okay, you gotta stop making bread.
0: Yeah. There's only <laughs> so much way. bread somebody can eat. Is that what yeah. you were doing? How was it as a dad being locked in the house with the kids? I mean, this has been such a strange experience for parents to spend this much quality time with their kids.
2: Yeah, Especially I mean, for was, you.
0: Cause you tour.
2: I'm always going. Yeah. It, it was a beautiful thing. I mean, it, definitely an adjustment, but like a positive one, you know, and my wife is, is like a freaking magician. Like she, she comes up with these ideas and little things to make the day special. And, we'd have freaking water slides and kiddie pools and like popsicle day. And we did like a Disneyland day where our whole house was set up like Disneyland. And like, we did Christmas in June and like all this just stuff to be like fun, you know, cause it can get real mundane. And like when you can't even like go to the park, you got to figure stuff out. So it was a beautiful thing. And I, I definitely didn't take it for granted. Like I will never I probably will never get this much concentrated time with my wife and kids ever again. And uh, so it's been, it's been a wonderful thing. We're lucky that both of my girls are young enough where they hadn't started school yet. So they didn't have like that void to fill for them either. But you know, it's, it's been, it's been kind of cool, man. Like you really just get like a magnifying glass on, on like your kids are growing up and you're seeing every little thing and you know, we've had a couple times during this where, like, maybe we get to go somewhere for the weekend without the girls. And, and then you come back and you're like, what happened to you? Like, you're, <laughs> you're a year older. It's been two days. But it's because, you know, you're used to seeing them all the time. But it's been, it's been cool. And everyone, you know, aside from me getting COVID, everyone's remained healthy and, and happy and, and just kind of pushed our way through. So I'll, I'm, add, I'm, you, I'm, I'll add you I'm to the list
0: of, of uh, another band member that suffers from rock star Revenge because you ended up a girl dad. I've been saying this for decades that that the the list of rock stars that avoided having a beautiful daughter is extremely short.
2: Oh yeah. And I have two it's, and I'm fine with it. I'm like, I I think I'm, I'm a true girl dad. Like I'm not like a tough guy. I'm not like super into sports. You know, I'm into like painting and like art and music. You know what I mean? Like I love ro- I love romantic comedies. You know what I mean. So it's like okay, I'm a, hold I'm a on. Freaking we, girl down. <laughs> we have
0: to talk about this because it's literally the only thing I do that's really girly. I'm not a girly woman. Yeah. And I have seen every romantic comedy that has ever come out, and it's literally the girliest thing that I do. What's yeah, your favorite I mean, one?
2: Couples Retreat.
0: Oh, that's a good one.
2: Vince Vaughn's always a killer. Yeah. Four Christmases. Four Christmases is good. Another Vince Vaughn classic. Uh, I'm, I'm into them all I love you know 50 first dates they're all good Rom- rom-coms are my that's my my genre <laughs> but so being a girl that I'm like yeah of course I'm a girl that but I also am, am very um, honest with myself about the fact that like both of my daughters are freaking beautiful and I'm not just saying that because I'm their dad it's like like people Rock stars us usually away. have
0: beautiful daughters because rock stars usually have beautiful wives so it just kind of yeah. happens that way
2: it makes sense. It makes, you see mom and it makes sense, but it's like one of those things where it's like, man, I'm, I'm fine now, but in like 13 years, I'm going to want to beat up so many people. <laughs> <It's> gonna, <laughs> I'm going to want to punch so many boys in the face and I'm going to have to figure out how to deal with that before then.
0: <laughs> before I have to let you go, can you do me a favor? Talk to me about the relationship between Atreyu and the fans And, and what you've missed most about being set. I mean, I know that you can get on Twitch and I know that you do cameo videos. I do those too. And you're active on social media, but talk to me about from my perspective as a fan, not being able to go to those gathering places, those venues to get together, to go to shows. It, it, it hurts me, but talk to me about what it's like from your perspective in the band and what you miss the most about your fans.
2: I just, it's kind of like you said, I just miss that human connection. You know, there's, there's something to be said about, I think every band may be taking a bit of that for granted because it becomes your every day when it's like, it never, it's never lost on you when someone's like, Oh, I love your band. Like this song changed my life. And this song was there for me when I was down in high school and whatever. That's never lost on me. But when you, when you don't have that connection of just, there's nothing more pure than playing something you've created on stage and seeing that pure reaction from someone giving it back. It's not a computer. They're not, they're not shy about how they're, how they're acting, especially at our shows Like we try to break down that wall and just let people have a good time and be themselves. And it's like, there's nothing more pure than that. So when that's missing, it's a void for sure. And we've had conversations, me and my wife have had those talks where it's like, you know, we try to really just kind of have like the, how are you talk? Like, you know what I mean? Like, We live every day and we talk every day and we're very connected but it's like how are you just checking in you know what i mean and she was asking like you know i know you're excited to when you can go play shows and i understand that it's like you're not excited to leave us but you're excited to do that and she's like how is that like do you think about that a lot and it's like that i'm happy my family's healthy i'm healthy uh you know i get to like i've got to make music but like there is a hole from playing show not playing shows and and it's like i think that people that truly love what they do and love being in a banner would all think the same way we're like there's just something about that raw emotion that that goes into playing a live show um that you give and that you also receive and not giving it hurts and not receiving it hurts you know so it's like i think it's a big thing like i think a lot of artists and musicians and even, like, comedians or people that just do things in public, like, they're, they're hurting and they're ready, to, they're ready to get back out. I think that you're going to see a lot of your favorite bands in, like, a way more fired up way than you ever have. I think a lot of these bands are going to be fucking pumped up. Well, 2020 was supposed
0: to be a huge year for concerts anyway, and it, it. all got snoozed
2: you had rage coming back. You had my chem coming back. You had all these bands that were like doing sold out arena tours around the world. You had festival things. You had all the Danny Wimmer festivals that were slammed and booked. And it was just like, whew. and then, you know, everyone waits, but you know, it's, it's, it, there's going to be good that comes out of this. There's already been good for a lot of people that have come out of this, whether they've found things inside themselves, they didn't know they existed uh, or they started new, you know, paths in their life and, and those are working out for the better. Uh, but there's going to be good when everything comes back. And especially in music, I think that it's going to be kind of a, a like, like a Renaissance, you know, like, it's like people are going to be really excited to play and people are going to be really excited to listen.
0: I know the answer I, I the, for this question for a lot of people would be a Treyu, but I'm curious what your answer is. If you could leave the house right now with a concert ticket in your hand as a fan, Um, Who would you want to go see tonight right now? Any band?
2: One of the best shows I've ever seen period. And every time I've seen them, it's been one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen is, is Foo Fighters. Um, I've seen Foo Fighters in Australia. I've seen them in uh, LA. I've seen them uh, in Anaheim. And every time it's like, that just takes it out of me. Like that gives me everything I want out of a live show, out of a performance, uh, And I would go see them in a heartbeat right now if I
0: could. I started asking this question, and the answers have been amazing, so I'm excited to hear what your answer is. As a songwriter, what song of any song from any artist of any era do you wish you wrote?
2: Oh, there's so many.
0: But from a songwriter's perspective, is for for whatever the reason is just a a song that you absolutely love that you go, Oh man, I wish I wrote that song.
2: I wish I did that. Um, from a classic, from a classic standpoint, like my whole life, it's been a song that I've been like, damn, this just doesn't get better is, um, handled with care, travel mulberries. Um, which has just been one of my favorites since I was young. Um, most recently, Most recently, the song that I wish I hear now on the radio that I'm like, wish I would have fucking done that is Animals by Architects. Oh, yeah. I'm like, God damn it. It came out. I'm like, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. It's so good. The answer (laughs) to that
0: question is always interesting, especially because you're coming at it from a songwriter's perspective.
2: Yeah. From from just because we're releasing music simultaneously at the same time. So I think we really save us at like the same day or within the same week of of animals and I, it comes out i'm like oh fuck cool new architects and i'm like i'm like in my head i'm like save us is sick i love that song i'm, I'm proud of it but i'm like you mother you did it the motherfuckers like that's a that's a, jam. <laughs> that's a jam like why didn't i come up with that riff in the studio you know but i love that i'm, I'm a i'm a huge i like to lift bands i like i'm a fan i i bought two colors of the architect's vinyl. I just got like uh, grandson vinyl in the mail yesterday. Like I'm a fan. Well, that's what's great about rock
0: is that you, you know, you're not just someone that, that is in a band, but you're a fan of other bands. That's this whole genre of music, that tight knit community is because of what you're talking about.
2: For sure. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of artists and, and musicians and bands. They don't like to build up other like give their peers because they think of it as like a competition thing and of course there is but like i think there's nothing better for the genre and for the scene worldwide than to build up your peers if you have a band that that you love that's doing the playing you're playing shows with or you're you're going head to head on tour with build everyone up like the water rises with the ships like it's every if we all do good it's good for everyone there's so many people that are hating on so much like Prime example, like Machine Gun Kelly making like a pop punk record. Everyone's like, fuck you. You're hip. You think you just be a rock dude now. And it's like, yeah, that dude's number one. like everywhere. That record is massive. If that record gets pop people to now pay attention to other rock bands, that's good for all of us. Like everyone build everyone else up and it will be positive and good for everyone. So I'm a fan. I, I support bands still. I buy Merch, I buy vinyl, and I, I think it's, it's important to do so.
0: That was one of the things I had to learn coming out of the radio world and moving into podcasting is that radio is so competitive and you would never even talk about another radio station or anything where it's yeah. podcasting. It's like what you're talking about. It's like we're all in this together and we all are talking about each other's shows and yeah. it's amazing but totally
2: different. For sure. That's what I've, I've learned a lot in the kind of Twitch community yeah. is that everyone is so a, about just like lifting up your brother or your sister. You know, it's like I've had such huge support from like Matt Heafy and like there's a dude, Young Gun on Twitch and like all these different people that have like come over that I don't even know that'll just like raid my channel and talk about my channel on their channel. And it's like they don't have to do that. Like we're in, we're in competition too. People only have so much money to like subscribe to these channels like but They're just, it's all about building everyone up, you know, to build the platform, build the community and everyone's happy. So I love that. I love that.
0: Well, I cannot thank you enough for being so generous with your time. I'm glad Uh that you survived the umbrella. I'm glad you survived the broken (laughs) glass. I'm glad
2: you Uh, survived. That was my three. Yeah. Yeah. The COVID, COVID, the glass accident and the pool accident. I think that's three. some. So you
0: should be done. Usually bad <laughs> things happen in threes. So hopefully yeah. 2021 will be injury free moving forward for you.
2: My, my, uh, my bubble comes from Amazon on uh, next Tuesday. So I'll be just traveling in a plastic bubble. You so got to get one of those have...
0: ones from the flaming lips. Have you seen <laughs> yeah, those yeah. that they're using just at their shows? walk stores? around. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. awesome. COVID,
2: COVID safe too. You know, right? Multi-purpose, multi-purpose. They
0: look like a lot of fun. I bet going to an Atreyu show in one of those giant inflatable bubbles would be a blast.
2: That'd be great. Bubble pit, just like 10 of them. It's a VIP thing where you get a bubble and you get to just do your own little hamster thing.
0: Yeah. Or you could just walk out in the crowd.
2: I could. I could. That would I'm be really cool. Yeah, I like it. I'm a fan. Maybe we all are in bubbles and the whole show we're just out in the crowd. Yeah. No one's on stage.
0: Why not? I know, we're this solving is, the world's problems right here, dude
2: It gets percolating in here it's That's good. right, That's, like it. it's
0: all creativity <laughs> Well, the new album Baptizes out on June 4th, and we're counting the days until we can all get together in the same room and be able to go to a show so I can't wait to see you guys and hear all the new music live, so thanks for coming thank on you. the show
2: Of course, thank you for, for having me, always a, always a pleasure
0: Alright, we'll see you soon
2: Alright, take it easy Bye Bye
0: There he is, Brandon Soller from Atreyu and the new album, Baptize, is just a few weeks away. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit subscribe or follow the Mistress Carrie podcast so you don't miss anything. New full-length episodes come out every Wednesday. And of course, Monday through Friday, you get the Sit Rep, which is all your music news, rock headlines, and industry info in less than five minutes. Plus, give us a five star review and leave us a comment so we know what you thought of the episode and share it with your friends that are You fans as well. In the show notes of this episode, you get all the links to check out Brandon online to find the band and, of course, the corresponding playlist, which is packed with all of the music that we talked about in this episode. Huge thanks once again to Digital Federal Credit Union at DCU.org and MistressCarrie.com for sponsoring this week's episode. I also want to say hello to everybody that's got a Mistress Carrie backstage pass on Patreon. Lots of big news coming out in the next couple of weeks with my return to radio being announced. And you can join me every Tuesday night at 8:30 live on my Facebook page for Cocktails in the War Room, the Mistress Carrie podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network.